the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know... Put them together for Thursday on B&E. Buck-ons and buck-offs. A weekly tradition here on B&E, unlike any other. Bring it strong. Who has earned the buck-on and who has earned the buck-off? Including uh, Rodney Terry for his work with this Texas basketball team now. And Dick Vitale bucking off the Longhorns in the front office there, the athletic department at the University of Texas, for not getting a long-term contract extension done. That's got some people fired up on the text line. This one says, sorry for the late text guy. My dad, car my dad had, the Cordoba. Oh, with the rich Corinthian leather. Thought it was Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> uh, you know, reading all of your texts, we appreciate them all here on the show of the people about cars because Camaro is being discontinued by GM, which has led us into the conversation of American muscle cars and then cars in general. Which, um, you know, as I go through these these messages, Bob, we used to roll out some pretty crappy rides, my friend. We have made some pretty bad cars in our day. The Plymouths, the Oldsmobiles. Nothing wrong with the Honda Civic. Well, that's not us. That's Honda. So with the good old U.S. Our of U.S. A. of A, the GMs. And they've made some clunkers, too. But, man, back in the 70s, we rolled out some bad-looking rides, some junk. Don't even bag on that Lincoln Continental, dude. That thing was That's a bad. good car. That, that, that was a badass car. Lincoln Town Car is still, Lincoln the, Town still car. the bomb. Wow. We're talking about these, uh, these uh, Cutlasses, <laughs> the Cordoba. Cordoba. <laughs> Come on, man. We made some bad vehicles. The Monte Carlo with T-tops, it says wow. here. Wow. Come on, man. All right, so we got uh, a lot going on. Uh, let's get to your headlines, the trending topics to start your Thursday. We're going to talk to David Pierce at the bottom of the hour. In one hour, we're going to talk to John McClain of Gallery Sports. John used to be with the Houston Chronicle for decades and decades. He's now covering Houston sports for that new website. Hey, now, are dudes still driving Beatles? The dudes still? I mean, is that like a like new Volkswagen? thing? Volkswagen? The Volkswagen Beetle, are, are the, is that, that's not a, that that is a all-person car now, correct? I had one friend in, in high school who Dude. one. Not by choice. It was it was given to him, but oh. he did have to drive a Oh, Beetle. no, you never turned down a car. It didn't matter. If it had four wheels. I was never... He was a little guy, too, so it kind of made, <laughs> no, made no. sense. Made sense. <laughs> little guy in the Beetle. <laughs> like a clown car, like a Ringling Brothers or something? Come on, man. Come on. He was a little guy. That's going to take you two days of sensitivity training right there. What do you mean? That's an observation. He was a smaller person, so he had a smaller car. You know what I mean? That's not that's not, uh, that's not insensitive. Oh, no. He Is wasn't it? at Ringling Brothers? He's he a little guy. Did he bring his car to Ringling if Brothers? If you've never though? ridden in one of those things, though, it sounds like a go-kart when you're driving <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had that high pitch thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the engine was in the back of the Volkswagen, like in the trunk. That was another one not good for making out in. No, no. good. <laughs> no good. That's right. You never had a car in high school. How would you ever make out with anybody? How did you go, go up to, did you ever go up to Blueberry Hill or whatever? Oh, we went down, yeah. Went we, to the point? You just went out to the woods? <laughs> just got out of the car and went in the woods. <laughs> no. 
I had a girl that had that stick shift in the middle of the Mustang. That was not fun. After a while, that got to be, let's just go home. Had you ever learned to drive the uh, the standard? <laughs> no. You didn't? No, I, I've attempted a few times and it's gone poorly. <laughs> it's gone poorly. I always liked that deal. You at the stick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad it's it's automatic now, but uh, yeah, I, I learned I knew how to do that. Hey, let's get to the headlines. Trending topics to start this busy, busy Thursday. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. And yeah, let's start with the golf. And uh, day one of the WGC Dell Technologies match play at Austin Country Club. The final Dell match play teed off yesterday. World number one Scotty Scheffler posted a victory in his first match. It was a tough one, though. Had to make a nice birdie uh, putt on 18 to beat Davis Riley. Uh, one up. Well, world number three, Rory McIlroy, with his brand new putter that he's sporting, uh, played really well. Went past Scott Stallings, three and one. World number two, though, John Rahm, upset by Ricky Fowler yesterday. Jordan Spieth, world number 12, he won his day one match over Mackenzie Hughes easily, four and three. Closed it out with a beautiful chip in from the rough on 15, uh, greenside rough. Uh, two more days of group play. But keep in mind, since 2015, nearly 80% of players who win their opening match on Wednesday have advanced out of pool play, so that's good news for those guys who won yesterday. College basketball NCAA tournament resumes tonight. Sweet 16, first four of the eight games. First game will be 5.30 tonight from Madison Square Garden in New York. Third-seeded K-State facing seven-seed Michigan State there. Then in Vegas, it's uh, Arkansas and UConn in an 8-4 matchup. MSG's second game tonight, ninth-seed Florida Atlantic facing Rick Barnes in Tennessee. Then back in Vegas, it's possibly the game of the night, UCLA facing Gonzaga. Uh, four more Sweet 16 games tomorrow night, of course. That includes the second-seeded Longhorns. They're going to square off with third-seeded Xavier in Kansas City. Game tips at 845. You'll hear it right here on the horn tomorrow night. In college baseball coaching news, Notre Dame has hired Penn State head coach Micah Shrewsbury to be their uh, replacement for Mike Bray there in South Bend. That's led to a report from Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman this morning saying that Penn State uh, plans to pursue Texas interim head coach Rodney Terry if he's available. Bowles also said the University of California planning to pursue Terry for their vacant head coaching position. Out in Lubbock, meanwhile, Jeff Goodman of Stadium.com reports that North Texas head coach Grant McCasland has emerged as the leading uh, candidate to be the Texas Tech head coach. Uh, of course, he's led the Mean Green Eagles into the NIT semifinals. They're still playing. They'll play next Tuesday in Las Vegas against Wisconsin. Also, former Texas assistant coach Russell Springman has been named the new head coach at Oral Roberts University. NBA last night, busy night, including the return of John Morant to the Memphis Grizzlies lineup. 23-year-old point guard returned after his league and post suspension, scored 17 off the bench in a win over Houston. The Rockets go down again. Spurs got walloped in Milwaukee, 130-94 in controversy as the Maverick lose, Mavericks lose at home to Golden State, 127-125. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavs, says they plan to protest that game because of a referee mistake in the third quarter. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Tree limbs are on the ground and steel chainsaws are on our shelves. So come get them and any other equipment to help with storm cleanup at Top Gun. Topgun.net will shoot you straight. And also, there was a trade in the NFL, Buck. Yeah, the Jets have traded wide receiver Elijah Moore to Cleveland for a yeah, second round Yeah, that just hasn't pick. worked out with the Jets with this dude. He's going to be a good player, I think. I think so too. Cleveland's I mean, he just looking, never had a quarterback. Yeah, and um, you know they're they're clearing the decks because they 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 this this one was interesting. They traded Elijah Moore to Cleveland for a second round draft pick. Cleveland gave up a two because Elijah Moore was a first round pick mm-hmm. out of Ole Miss, and a lot of expectation there. They also have Garrett Wilson there in New York. Then they turned and signed Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Miko Hardeman, kind of to replace him in that role, which it does. Well, this does two things. It it frees up. It brings more draft capital to the Jets that they could use in a trade for Aaron Rodgers, right? So now they have a second-round pick from Cleveland that they can use if they need it. And by the way, Cleveland doesn't have a first or second-round pick now because Houston owns their first pick, pick 12. And now they looks like the Jets own their second. 
And we saw how good Hardman was last year. Yeah, he's a good player, uh, speed. Uh, but Elijah oh, yeah. Moore's got the higher ceiling, so Cleveland's happy to get him. Uh, but that does give the Jets – you know, they signed Alan Lazard on the request of Aaron Rodgers, right? Alan Lazard, the free agent wide receiver, to go with Garrett Wilson. And, you know, they just talked that they're talking to Randall Cobb, the former Packers receiver as well. No, Mercedes really? Lewis. Yeah, well, but they also they have to acquire Aaron Rodgers, and obviously they're in a stalemate right now, and they want the, the Packers want draft capital. Well, now the Jets have a little more, either whether they you give up some of theirs, they they have now replaced the sec, added a second round pick. So that's story to watch. Also down in Houston, Jose Altuve underwent thumb surgery yesterday in Houston. Buck, this is not good news. General Manager Dana, Dana Brown in Houston said the timeline for Jose Altuve, two months before he can resume baseball activity. I was thinking June, yeah. Two months um, before he can even begin the comeback. So you might expand to two months or beyond. Because, of course, then you're going to have to rehab, have to go down and get some minor league at-bats. That is a tough injury for the Houston Astros. He got hit on the thumb in that World Baseball Classic. Uh, tough deal there for sure. But, uh, yeah, so there's football, there's basketball. That Mavericks situation's weird because uh, they lost to the Warriors. Warriors are finally – they've won back-to-back road games for the first time all year. They beat Houston, and now they've beaten Dallas. They've only got nine road wins all year, uh, which is odd for a team as good as Golden State. Um, but the Mavericks want to play that game under protest because uh, the officials screwed up, according to Mark Cuban. And it was a weird deal, right? They Yeah, they did. The, the Mavericks came out of a timeout, and they were on one end of the floor expecting to have the ball. The officials were on the other end of the floor, and the official handed the ball to the, to the to, to throw it in, and the Mavericks weren't even, on, weren't even down there. And they threw it into Kayvon Looney, and he had an easy two points. So, I mean, how, how bad is that officiating right there? Come on. Get everybody together and say it's yeah, this. Something's not right here, guys. Why are you down there? Yeah, what are you, what are you down there for? Get over here. Oh, no, let's, let's do this real quick so they can score a dunk. But nobody there, really? That's just bad officiating. Yeah, I don't know. And obviously Mark Cuban's not happy about it. And they end up losing by two points. I mean, it was 127-125. And it was a real physical game throughout the game anyway. they were Luca, as big as he was, they were knocking that dude to the ground. Every time he went to the rim, he went to the floor. They didn't give him any slack. And you know him. He's going to complain about every foul, but he was getting hacked up yesterday. Well, it sounds it feels like uh, Golden State's trying to ramp things up for their postseason run, mm-hmm. of course, defense of their championship. But, uh, they, again, their road record among the worst in the league this year, which is so weird for them. But uh, that one was uh, controversial, to say the least. And I'm not sure how the Spurs do this. But buck off to the Spurs. They played, they played Milwaukee. They were a 20-point underdog. They lost by 30. And somehow they allowed the Greek Freak to score 31 points and 14 rebounds in 23 minutes. He played half the game. I mean, come on. Spurs are not good. No. Obviously. They're not they're, trying to be good. They're not trying to be good. So the Spurs and Rockets are vying for the number one draft pick. They'll show the Texans how to do it. How it should be done when how, when tanking. The Texans clearly couldn't handle the pressure. Oh no, the pressure properly. of tanking. No, no. I still I mean people still tell me that that's not a big deal. It's a big deal. You don't own the number one pick, and now Carolina has the one pick and they can take whoever they want, and you're gonna get the, the second guy. Absolutely. Which, History would tell you, you know, they could get it wrong, but if they get it right, you're probably going to get it wrong. And um, and, and the, the and you will lie to everybody. Bi- that's our guy. That's who we wanted all. The along. biggest buck off of all of it is that they tanked for two years to get that pick. I know it wasn't just two the one. You're right. Seasons and all you had to do. They took two brothers down. All you had to do was lose. Lovey. One game. Lovey Smith, who was about to be fired. Come on, man. Still don't get it. Um. This says, my first car was a 1971 VW Super Beetle. 
with white mag wheels. Buddies used to disconnect the distributor cap so we wouldn't start, and, and you, you couldn't lock the trunk. Oh, wow. man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. This says, uh, where's this guy? He said he had a chick magnet when he was growing up. Oh, how about the AMC Gremlin? That's the, oh, the, know, Come on now. That's Please, what I'm talking about. We, that was some bad stuff now. I, I will say there are some cars I see on the road today thinking, somebody bought that car? Like somebody like that Gremlin? That, car and that went, Gremlin, really? But that's what you used to think when you would see like the Pacer or the Gremlin or the Pinto. I don't know, maybe sometimes what people could, could afford, but. Yeah, well, the Pinto was the one you could afford. I mean, you just, if you didn't have any cash, you had a Pinto. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. We- the West Lakers weren't roaming around in Pintos back in the day. That wouldn't happen. You'll never see more Jeep Wranglers in a parking lot than the Westlake High School parking lot. Jeep Wranglers. Wranglers. Well, you'll see more than that in the Westlake parking lot, right? Mercedes. And Discovery, the Discovery Sports. This is the, the most, Range Rover. We do know that Westlake and where, where our radio station is, is the most affluent zip code in all of Texas. Is it? Yes. It's, it's gone past. Yes. What about Highland Park? It's gone past Oh, it's it. Highland, yeah. Highland, Highland Park. Park yeah. And it's gone past it. Word up. It said bye-bye to to Highland Park. Word up. This says, uh, here's my guy, Bruce from Vallejo. Bruce says, I have me a 1981 Smokey and the Bandit 301 Turbo T-Tops. Wow. And it's all me and my little girl cruise around in every weekend. (laughs) Me and my little girl be cruising. Roll Tide. (laughs) There you go. Come on, Bruce. You got the the Smokey and the Bandit car. That's pretty cool. I like that as a muscle car. No more to the Camaro, though. Um... Okay, so Buck, we've got Buck ons and Buck offs. You don't remember your first car, which is really weird to me. You think about it, like when you got married, did you didn't buy a car, like a Chevy Impala or something? No, my wife had the car. She had the 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 um, what was it? I told you the what was that? The Civic. She's a nurse. She drove around in Civic. I didn't have a car. E. I didn't grow up with a car. I know you didn't, but at some I, point I, you got it, one. No, at some point, yeah. When I started coaching. Okay, what'd you get? Because you, you had to go buy a car. Didn't just show up in your driveway. You did so you don't remember. I know it was the 70s. Yeah, it was a long time ago, man. <laughs> There's there been a lot of stuff happening in between that. Well, I need to think about it. Was yeah. that not like a monumental right, moment in your way. life? No, that was not monumental. On, when you were living Because with... all my friends had already had cars. I was like the I was like the guy who got out of college and, you know, got to the got to the well, giants of the free with, agent. When you're living with Pam and Jimmy. You remember what you parked in the driveway with Pam and Jimmy? It was an old Cummings. It was an old. <laughs> it may have been the. It may have been Moon too. It may. It may have been the. Uh, I made fun of the Riviera, so I think I may have had the Riviera. Okay, there you go. The Moon too, yeah. <laughs> this has had a '73 mellow yellow Gremlin. Oh. Dad bought it for gas mileage. That is awesome. I had a 1993 Plymouth minivan in high school. Uh, uh, in 2007, that was a chick magnet. I did some smashing in the back of that <laughs> thing. <laughs> smashing. Oh, God. That's too good. That's too good. Uh, this said, Oh, my dad sold me my first car. It was a 1989 Chevy Corsica. There you go. There we go. All right, so the Longhorns playing tomorrow night. we got four games tonight. And as we said, Rodney Terry, apparently a coaching candidate uh, in other spots, which should not be surprising. Does that mean that Texas is – Conversations have not. I don't. I don't. That, that this is you know, Kirk Balls with the report this morning that Penn State would be interested. That you know, sure, he's done a great job. Yeah. And now they need a new coach. Micah Shrewsbury did a good job over two years, and now he's off to Notre Dame. So it would make sense that if you're looking for uh, 
a coach. But, you know, I think most assume that when the season is over, uh, it will be made official and Rodney Terry will get the new job. But they have to work out a contract, right? I mean, one of the things Rodney Terry's agent can say is, look, guys, we got leverage. You know, I, I know we know what Chris Beard was making. Um, you know, let's, 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 let's talk about this or what this is going to be. And uh, Dick Vitale with the tweet about they should have done this after the Big 12 championship game. I will disagree with Dickie V there, and I know you thought they should, and we had this debate on this yeah. show. I, I, you know, I thought if they were going to do it, that would have been the time to do it. Well, look, we know that um, ever since January the 5th or whatever the date was that it was made official that Chris Beard was out uh, and gone, that this was Rodney Terry's team, and that was going to be the case for the entirety of the season. And he was he had an opportunity. Um, you know, the assumption, if you go back to the early January, was, okay, he's just going to man this ship to the end. And, you know, we started to hear the name John Calipari immediately, started hearing, you know, big names, who's it going to be. But Rodney Terry has obviously coached this team into a, to a place where he's earned the job. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job. He's, he's passed every test. But you had to see it, right? You didn't know this thing. The wheels could have come off of this, this team, and you wouldn't have wanted to go there. So Yeah, and to me, by the time the Big 12 championship had come up with the tournament, the wheels were on this thing. Right. Well, better, right? I mean, who yeah. knows? I mean, Rodney Terry's done something this program hasn't done in 15 years. And, yes, it's a very veteran and talented team. We knew that. It had a high – you know, Chris Beard was still the coach when they beat Gonzaga and beat Creighton to start the year. And mm-hmm. we knew this was a good team. Um, you know, Gonzaga and Creighton are still playing, by the way. They're in the, the, the Sweet 16 along with Texas. Those are two really good teams, and Texas beat both of them. So you knew they were good. But so it wasn't about talent with Texas. We knew they had a lot of pieces and guards and veterans and uh, young guys that have come in. But you had a coach that wasn't in that spotlight, hadn't been in right. that kind of spotlight. You have a new a new coach. It's almost like a substitute teacher conversation. How sure. Is, how are they going to react to this coach? How are they going to react to this staff? You know, are they going to be upset that this all went down? They came here to play for Chris Beard. And... Well, you never knew what's going to happen for the long term. You just you just hope that right. you're, you're going to have a guy that not only could handle a pretty talented team, but a guy that could go out, recruit, keep the recruits that were here, do all those type of things. And then right. when people start just when people start saying, can he recruit, I'm thinking, wait a minute, the guy's been a heck of a recruiter. What, what made you think that if when he's an assistant coach, he could recruit his ass off? Uh, yes, I know it's, te- it's Texas, but that guy as an individual can recruit. Correct. And that's why I'm saying if you're, if you're Chris Del Conte and you're the director of athletics and on January the 5th you made this decision and you're going to – make a decision on the future of the program at the end of the season. Sure. There's no reason not to stay with that. The end of the season. The season's not over yet. Right. And so, yeah, the criticism from the Dickie V's of the world and the fact that other schools are interested. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, believe me, these two have had conversations about this job. I mean, what do you think? They just pass each other in the halls and say, hey, how you doing? Hey, good game last night? No, they've had conversation about this gig. I would think. Yeah. But at the same time, if they haven't, and somebody said Chris Del Conte has precedent, and he does. And if you go back to the tennis coach situation, uh, when the head coach, Michael Center, got caught up in the FBI investigation and, and was indicted, he had to be fired. Bruce Burke took over, and Bruce Burke took them to the national championship in men's tennis that year. But he didn't be, well, he wasn't named officially the head coach long-term until after the national championship. So, you know, this has kind of been the precedent set by the athletic director. We'll wait till the end of the season. So I do think it's unfair to criticize CDC at this point for not just living up to what he said. We'll evaluate the whole situation when the year is over. The year's not over. I mean, that's just that's where it stands. And I, I feel like, and we have had this debate since since Saturday night when the Longhorns won the game, I think Rodney Terry has made it nearly impossible for Chris Del Conte and the University of Texas not to make him, at least offer him, the opportunity to be the full-time head coach. And I think that's where we're headed. But, you know, 
Kirk Bowles with a report that Penn State is interested, Texas Tech was interested, and now they're going to hire Grant McCasland, and then uh, you know maybe California wants to talk to Rodney Terry. I don't think it'll ever come to that. Same time, if you're Rodney Terry and the Longhorns, you stay focused on what's coming, which is the game tomorrow night. That's right. And, wh- and why mess around with their focus? Dickie V? Right. I mean, really? Come on, Dickie V. Well, I mean, that, that's what— He's not here. He's not behind the scenes. He doesn't know that. Correct. He's on TV. He wants to make, he wants to make a statement. Well, that's where I, I don't—it I, feels like a pretty easy answer to me, but at the same time— uh, you know where who who's who's leaking the information to Kirk Bowles because Kirk Bowles didn't go digging for that somebody you know let him know that that Penn State and Cal are interested what 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 camp did that come from and then Dickie V um, so I mean this, but it shouldn't surprise you that those schools are interested in, in not at Ronnie all. Terry right no they need a coach and yeah. Ronnie Terry has shown you know everything we've talked about he he was a head coach twice he he got this opportunity at a really good job and has done a heck of a job so. Um, it could be much ado and likely as much ado about nothing, which is why I'm not sure about the criticism coming from the likes of Dick Vitale and some others that this thing's not already done. It's just, you know, playing according to what the athletic director said to how he was going to handle it. And um, so we'll take your thoughts. Is it a buck off? Well, I mean, I, w- I would say if you don't have a basketball coach, he would be one of your top candidates to be your head coach all over the place. Well, yeah, you're looking for right. a resume. Well, you know, <laughs> a run to the Sweet 16. Um, you know that's you know Rodney Terry's fifty-five years old. He's shown he can he can get this done. This says guys Starsky and Hutch and the Ford Torino. Oh, the Torino. See, we mentioned General Lee and Dukes of Hazard in the Dodge Charger. We we mentioned Smokey and the Bandit, but yes, the the Starsky and Hutch in the red with the red white stripe deal. I didn't know that was a Ford Torino. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. The stripes. What about uh, what was the Kit car? Remember Kit Knight Rider? Was that what was that vehicle? Is that not a Camaro? The I mean the car that could talk. Or is that the Corvette? David Hasselhoff. Is that the Corvette? No, it wasn't a Corvette. No, 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 no. Um, did you ever see that show? Ty, what Ty's looking at us like Ty's, you're crazy. I know what you're talking about, but I've never seen that show. He's only seen it on skits on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> where did, by the way, where is David Hasselhoff? Is he still alive? Around? What's he doing? Singing. He was the man back in the day. Still hanging out, singing, making albums. Very popular in Germany. Yes. Apparently, David Hasselhoff back in the day. Uh, but yes, Michael Knight on Knight Rider. Knight Rider. And I think that's just like a fictional car. Well, it was based on a vehicle. What was the car? I don't know. I'm looking it up. Like, uh, I'm still saying it was a. Um, it would say the, the, the kit car. Was a customized 1982 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Okay, the Trans Am. There you go. Pontiac Firebird Trans Am, the kit car. It's Bucky and Aaron. Indeed, a lot of car conversation, coaching conversation as well. Yeah, my wife just told me she had the Celica E. Oh. Celica? A sporty Celica? That was a slick car for the ladies back in the day. Was that for the ladies? Yeah, Celica. A sporty one. She, she, she had, like, flaps or something, like speed flap. I'm like, what the hell is that? It says, guys, you guys are forgetting the original Magnum P.I. Ferrari. Oh. You know, they brought back that show, Magnum P.I. What are not, they doing? No. Some no. young, handsome dude. Yeah, driving a Ferrari. But, uh, yes, the 
the uh, Ferrari, the Knight Rider car was a conversation. Talking cars, Camaro, is just, uh, GM has announced that there's going to be no more Camaros. They're done. Several people have said, just wait, guys. They're just pausing it, and they're going to come out with a, mm-hmm. an electric version of the Camaro. Of course. Which is probably true. Uh, they did this back in the early 2000s, too. They didn't make the Camaro for like seven years and then brought it back with a new body type. Uh, good car talk this morning, good football and uh, basketball and baseball talk. But right now, let's get some hardball. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. He is the head coach of the Texas baseball team, currently on an 11-game win streak on this head, this homestand. Big series this weekend with Texas Tech. Coach David Pierce. Coach, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Hope you're well. We are doing uh, well, yeah, Coach. good. Yeah, it's it's been a good homestand. We we came home and did a good job of taking care of business and beating teams we should beat at home. And now we get ready for conference coming up. Yeah, the wins are great. I mean, eleven and zero, and and you've also you know averaged you know outscoring your opponents like like nine to three or something. So the the offense and the defense have played together. Do you feel like you've defined some roles uh, that you that you want to wanted to solidify you know in your lineup and in your on your pitching staff as you head into Big Twelve play? I do, especially in the lineup. We're still a work in progress in our bullpen and how we want to work around our best five guys and, and utilize them. But, yeah, we've made some strides. Peyton Powell has really been a a, a big insertion in our lineup uh, at third base and hitting in the two, maybe the three hole this weekend, but doing some things for us. Eric Kennedy's seeing the ball really well and starting to see Dylan Campbell take off and, uh, guys like Jack O'Dowd just keep working at, at getting better and trying to improve their, their timing and their swing and, and equating that into the games. So it's been a lot of progress. Um, you know, in 21, I believe we started slow and then finished strong and ended up third in the country. In 22, we started 11-0, and number one in the country, and then we went on that just brutal spring break trip. Uh, and just, you know, you're going to go through these periods. And this year we went through an early period and still trying to figure things out. But you have a young team, a new team, and sometimes it takes a little longer. And we're still a work in progress. We're still trying to figure things out. But uh, I like our attitude. I like our effort. I like our uh, our you know, mentality right now going into conference. And, Coach, on, on this 11-game winning streak that you have right now, the team that you're playing, I like the way when you said that, Hey, we're beating the teams we're supposed to beat. I mean, do your your players understand that too? They they understand that's just a part of it too. The teams that they're supposed to beat, those are the those teams that they've been playing lately are games that they're supposed to win. They they come to Texas to win those type of games. They don't come those that's I mean, you're going to get better along the way no matter who you play. No matter if it's a good team or a better team, it's it's how you handle it. And it sounds like your team yeah. is a mature enough team to understand that. They're starting to um but it's in our sport, anybody can beat anyone. You mm-hmm. go against a tough pitcher and team makes plays and uh, you hit line drives at the, the defense. So anything can happen in the course of a baseball game and you can get beat. That's why you play the game. And so I thought we did a good job of concentrating and not not taking anyone for granted. And just to be honest with you, I just think we went out and played. And so now we don't put on our Big 12 uniform and go, okay, now it's Big 12 right. play. Uh, at this point, we just keep trying to improve and, and compete and 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 kind of try to be our uh, the same guys. Are we going to score 17 runs against a big Big 12 staff? Likely, probably not. But uh, you got to still have the same approach. You got to still have the same uh, discipline. You got to still 
attack hitters from uh, the pitching and defensive side. So the game is so relevant, and you just got to keep it to its simplest form and go play. Coach, when, I, when, we, when we came into the season, there were a lot of questions, right, with 19 new players and, and your new staff members and how things were going to play out. And where one of them was who's going to be your catcher uh, and who's going to be the guy behind the plate. And it feels like uh, Garrett Gilmette has really stepped up and taken that role behind the plate, both offensively and defensively. He's batting in the four hole for you. And then a guy like Eric Kennedy, who's your, your veteran player, right, with all the new faces, Eric Kennedy has been the uh, the stalwart and at the top of your order. Those two guys, I think, have uh, have, have answered the questions pretty well so far. Yeah, I'm just so proud of both of them. You know, Garrett came from a program, USC, and at the time they haven't been winning. And, you know, he just had to learn the expectations here, had to learn how we work and um, kind of what we expect from players. And we had, quite frankly, we had to break him down a little bit. We had to, we had to deprogramming and getting to do things the way we do things. And, you know, you get players like that, you never know. They can respond either direction. They can go in a positive way, and then, you know, they can settle into, well, I'm an older player, and this is how I've always done it. And he's just really embraced the coaching and embraced the the team and and the traditions that we have. Uh, And then can't be more proud of a guy like Eric Kennedy. He's one of my all-time favorite players just because he comes to the ballpark every single day and uh, EK is the man. I, I mean, this guy has been doing it for uh, five years for me. And last year he went through a little injury and just couldn't get back to form. But he's made some adjustments, not only in the setup, but in his swing path. And, you know, to watch him have success is, man, is really exciting for him and for us. And had he signed a pro contract yesterday, uh, last year, you know, who knows? Would he have been ready uh, to go out and play? And so things work out for a reason, and hopefully uh, he has a great year and still has opportunity after after playing at Texas. And, and as he said, the staff and everybody now, you know, you've gone through a, a lot of baseball games right now, and there's a lot more to play. But have you worked out some of the kinks and uh, the strengths? And we all have our weaknesses. I mean, do you, do you know your staff well enough now that everything seems to flow in the right direction for you, Coach? Well, we're just like players, and you don't really know how everything's going to work out until you get into competition. And, you know, we went through some growing pains early mm-hmm. um, as well as the team. But I think just understanding each each coach is like a player and understanding their role and their responsibilities in-game and also in practices. And, you know, it, it, all of that always falls on me that you got to make sure that you're – you're committed to doing things a certain way and you're passing that information on. And right. so I really like where our coaches are right now. Woody and, and Gordo do a lot of the prep for how we're going to position and pitch. And then we get together and review it. Um, and I think that's the most critical piece. And then uh, as we move players in the course of an at bat or in the course of um, the next step bad if we want to make adjustments. There's just in-game adjustments that we have to make, uh, and they've done a tremendous job of that. It, it's starting to show, you know, the, their communication with the players in-game uh, has been uh, spot on. It, it's, you know, the timing of all that is always important. It, no kid goes to home plate to strike out. You know, and I've never <laughs> – I've never had a conversation with a kid when he comes back and 
So why did you strike out? Come on, man. So those are critical timing periods for a player to get through in at bat, to get back to defense, find a moment and go, all right, let's talk for a second. And so I think that's all about timing and coaching. Teaching and coaching, no doubt about it, with the timing on top of it. David Pierce is with us every uh, Thursday at 8.30. Uh, and coach, the pitching staff, you know, you've talked about Woody Williams and his impact with a guy like LeBaron Johnson Jr. That's another, you know, X factor to the year. How does Woody and his communication style relate to these pitchers? It feels like, you know, it, it's it's coming together. Are you starting to see what you what, what you wanted when you hired Woody to, to coach the arms? Uh, yeah. You say it's coming together, and, and I think we've just been gradually getting better, and then I went on air in the fifth inning the other day, and, and Keith Moreland, I'm going to blame Keith because he said, man, isn't it great? Charlie's out there throwing, you know, tough weather day, just pounding the strike zone. So Charlie throws four innings. He gave up a solo homer, outstanding four-inning outing. And uh, the bullpen comes in, walks seven, and six of them score. I'm like, come on, Keith, you just jinxed us. <laughs> but, blame zone. But, no, no, it, it, I just – the thing with Woody is, you know, he applied it as a player. And so how we want to present our mechanical work and our day-to-day work has been something that he and I have communicated tremendously and spent a lot of time doing that. But he has a very good demeanor with all the pitchers. Uh, they know he knows what he's talking about. So there's great validation. Um, but it, they trust him. And I think that's so important. They they have a lot of trust in Woody and 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 that's important from a player's perspective. Absolutely, and the the staff itself. I mean, last weekend you saw Lucas Gordon do his thing on Friday night, and Zane Morehouse actually closed that game Friday night against New Orleans, and then it was Travis Staley just rock solid on Saturday with LBJ Sunday. Is that kind of the plan into this weekend, or how are you going to, to, to fluctuate the pitching rotation? Well, you can just look at uh, Charlie Charlie Hurley. LBJ and Zane of kind of being swing guys and how we use them potentially in the first two games would determine how we're going to start on Sunday. Uh, So when you look at Gordo going Friday, and right now we like Staley in that Saturday role and the other three having that flexibility, um, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so uh, Texas Tech, they come in at 18-4. and four. The record is, they're 19-4 now. Record is gaudy. Uh, one, if you look deep into their, their lineup though, or their schedule, they haven't played many road games. I think this is their first uh, three two, through true road games of the year. They played a lot of games in Lubbock. Uh, they played a series in Houston to start the year, but it's a Tim Tadlock team. They're very athletic. We know that. What have you seen? What do you, what's your scouting report of the Red Raiders? Yeah, I think you, you started it right there. They played a lot of games at home. They have not played a, a series on the road. They've played in the Minute Maid Classic. Uh, so I think they've played in two tournaments that um, are on the road, but they're neutral sites and not against an opponent. So this will be their first. Um, but that doesn't really matter if you're on the road or or not. You, you, they got a good baseball team. Uh, Tim does a good job. He finds players that fit into their philosophy and how they coach and do things. And so, uh Yeah. He's got some new players as well. He's got a, a good staff, though. Uh, Gerton's been on Friday night, big arm. And uh, the Molina kid we faced last year will be on Saturday, potentially. Maybe they change it up, but that's what we've seen. 
Uh, last thing, Coach, your defense. So there's been some shaky times during the start of the year, but, boy, I'm seeing your, your fielding percentage up over 970. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to get to where it was last year, which was the best in the nation, but to feel like the third aspect of your team, the, the, the defensive part, is coming along as well. I do. Uh, I really do. I've always felt comfortable with our outfield and our infield are starting, infielders are starting to be better at first step, uh, better at anticipation. We can catch the ball. We just got to make sure we're getting to it and communicating. And uh, communication pre-pitch is important, but also when the ball ball's in play, uh, sometimes that can take two to three players that uh, just – assume the other player is going to catch the ball or go for a play. So we're, we're trying to shore that up, but I like their attitude and their work, so it will continue to get better. Texas and 14th-ranked Texas Tech this weekend. Uh, game one tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, then 2.30 and 2.30 Saturday and Sunday. You'll hear them uh, here on the horn or a part of the horn, uh, whether it's on uh, AM 1260 and 1019 or right here on 104.9. Coach, thanks so much. Uh, always appreciate it. Best of luck this weekend. Looking forward to some Big 12 baseball. Good luck, Coach. Hook them. All right, Hookham. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Uh, they've already got three conference games in under their belt here. They beat wow. Oklahoma State two out of three last weekend. So they're playing games four, five, and six of the conference schedule. Longhorns playing games one, two, and three. Should be a packed house. Should be a lot of energy. Good weather. It'll be interesting on Friday night because the Longhorn baseball team will be playing the same time as the basketball team. So, you know, fans will be trying to keep up with both. Of course, the Longhorns play tomorrow night at 845. So about an hour and 45 minutes into the baseball game, the the basketball game will tip off. So there'll be kind of some divided interest on that front, but uh, still should be a great crowd uh, for that. And then 230 and 230 on Saturday and Sunday. Weather looks great, by the way, for the weekend of baseball. We'll be back. When we do, we're picking it up with you. Your time to shine. It is Blitz time, 447-3776. Bring it strong. Uh, right now, though, here's Craig Way. It's time for the Craig Way Sports Report. Now, here's Craig Way. Dominating results from both of the area's Division I collegiate softball programs last night. Both Texas and Texas State earned five-inning run rule victories. Texas State blanking UTSA 15 to nothing in five innings. And eighth-ranked Texas run ruled Stephen F. Austin 13 to two to run its record to 27-5-1. Both the Bobcats and Longhorns have home conference series this weekend. Texas State hosting South Alabama, and Texas will open Big 12 conference play on Friday with the first of a three-game weekend series against Texas Tech. Texas base also opens Big 12 play at home against Texas Tech tomorrow evening and Texas State will play a Sunbelt Conference Series at Coastal Carolina. Here in Kansas City, the Texas Longhorn basketball team arrived yesterday to begin on-site preparations for tomorrow night's Sweet 16 matchup with Xavier. Longhorn senior forward Christian Bishop is from nearby Lee Summit, Missouri and I asked him what it means to play in his hometown area with the team two wins away from the Final Four. Man, you can't you can't write the script any other way. You know, a lot of people don't get an opportunity their last season to uh, win a championship in their city and let alone come back for a Sweet 16. And so I'm just blessed to be in this situation. Uh, you know, I just try to keep my head on straight and take care of my part of this bargain and uh, just let the journey continue. You'll be able to hear my entire conversation with Christian Bishop this morning in the 10 o'clock hour on Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049 and AM 1260, as we bring you today's program from the Longhorns Team Headquarter Hotel. And we'll hear more from Christian Bishop coming your way this afternoon in our next report. With the Longhorns in Kansas City, I'm Craig Way. The Craig Way Sports Report. When you need full court savings and an all-star selection, you've got to get to Specs Wines, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Because when the sneakers start squeaking, you don't want to be sitting on the bench. 
Fill your bracket and satisfy your cravings with a stadium-sized selection of craft kegs, seltzers, and gourmet snacks for game days. When you're getting ready for some March basketball, we're ready to get you ready. Because at Specs, the fun starts here. Spring weather is here and everything is going green. But wait, have you forgotten something? It's your water heater. Hi, it's Rita from my friends at Hambone Plumbing. Spring job number one is caring for your water heater. Did you know that flushing and draining your water heater is a solid yearly habit? Hambone can help. Plus plumbing installations, water heaters, and water softeners. For spring, go to Hambone for 40 years and three generations. Caring for your pipes and plumbing. 512-388-7030. HambonePlumbing.com License number M12470 If the price you see is the price you want to pay, come see Henna Chevrolet. I went to sign the papers for a new Tahoe and saw the price jumped almost $4,000. I thought it was a typo, but turns out it's for overpriced add-ons like tent and floor mats. So, I called Henna, got a price, brought a check, and left with a Tahoe. For a lower price made clear, find new roads at HennaChevyAustin.com Hey, it's Aaron Hogan. Those winter blues and winter months almost behind us. Best time of the year to get out of the house and be more active and do fun things in Central Texas. Well, that sounds great, but my aching joints don't allow me to do those things anymore. Well, it's time to do something about it. Stop with the steroids. Stop with the possible surgery chatter. Now there's a better way to get lasting relief for your pain. It's QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. The exciting approach uses healing properties from your own body, highly concentrated, and placed directly into your achy joints. Knee pain, back pain, shoulders, hips. Restore and repair the damaged tissue and get moving again without pain. Patient satisfaction reports are incredible and there's no downtime. Listen, the old ways of dealing with joint pain are no longer the only ways. Do yourself a favor and call our friends at QC Kinetics and ask them about using your HSA and FSA funds to save even more. Call is free. The consultation is free. Stop with the steroids. Stop with the possible surgery chatter. You have nothing to lose at QC Kinetics 512-593-4303. That's 512-593-4303. They have a location in Austin and in Round Rock. QC Kinetics. Most in the greater Austin area know that it's quite stressful trying to maintain a quality lawn. The answer is to hire the best local lawn care company, us. This is Terry with Weedman Lawn Care of Austin. Our turf management PhD trains outstanding techs and buys only the best of products. We make your yard greener, thicker, more kid-friendly. Strive to be weed-free and do so with an environmentally sound approach to lawn care. Suzanne M. of Hutto says, our family has been very happy with the Weedman. Had lots of weeds, not anymore. I love these guys. Very helpful and great. Thanks, Suzanne. Go to WeedManUSA.com today for a free quote and see how we'll relieve your lawn care stress. Weedman is recommended by landscapers, golf course superintendents, and people like Valerie Kay of Leander. This is Valerie, and I just called to say I love you. You do a great job, and everyone I come in contact with is so nice and helpful. That's quite a compliment. Go to WeedManUSA.com for a free quote. Lawn care companies are not all alike. Go to WeedManUSA.com today. Where's the best place to watch the Dell Match Play? At Golffinity. Saturday and Sunday, March 25th and 26th. The Golffinity Dell Match Play Watch Party. Play along with the world's best golfers in Golffinity's golf simulators and watch the Dell Match Play on their 300-inch screen. Plus, half-off bay rentals, good night love and drink specials, club fitting services, deals on putters, wedges, and lots more. Plus, horn listeners that hear this commercial get 10% off food and beverage for the Dell Match Play Watch Party sponsored by Good Night Love and Vodka. Come see what all the buzz is about at Golffinity. OnlineGolffinity.com. The Morning Blitz, brought to you by Apple Lisi. The Horns text line is brought to you by Specs. Specs Wide Spirits and Finer Foods. You're on the way. Less to pay. Everyday store. Cheers to savings.
you get that from? Did Tawana tell you that? Did Tawana tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? Salacious gossip every single morning ahead of your blitz. 4473776. Bring it strong. Load it up. Let's have some fun. But uh, first, the gossip brought to you by the ice cold, frosty Bud Light Skis. Have them ready to go for tonight. Watching March uh, March Madness returning. Sweet 16 action. Also out of the Dell match play. T.Y., you said you're going to hole up in a tent possibly today and uh, partake? That's what it's looking like. Hey, now. Now, you can walk the course, get some exercise, but it's sit in a tent. I'm more of a stationary guy. <laughs> I got this I've Apple. been in the corner. He's going to be up in the corner. I don't Just know if I like this or not, but I got an Apple Watch from for Christmas from my kids. And it tells me, time to stand up. Time to take a walk. It's like, would you get off my back? Leave me be. Leave me be. I want to be sedentary for a minute. No, it'll tell me. Time to stand up. You got your steps in today. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, um, well, yeah, if you're going out there, do it with an ice-cold Bud Light. Whatever you're doing, be smart, be safe, but do it with the Bud Light. Longhorn Baseball this weekend. It's a great opportunity as well, tailgating and fun. Should be a good weekend uh, with the ice-cold Bud Lights. Hey, Buck, the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow trial, she's yes. going to go on the stand today, it looks like. Yeah, this will be the first. I'm looking forward to you're this You're going to watch this? I am. Full update. She's uh, being uh, sued for crashing into a dude while skiing. He now apparently has a brain injury. She says it was an accident. Get over yourself. So we'll see. You're going to watch that. You give us a full report. I'll give you a report to see how she's doing. She didn't do much. They didn't do much to it last, yesterday right. on court TV. Hey, uh, speaking of cold beers and beverages, Germany, a German brewery, has come up with something called powdered beer. Yeah. Uh, they claim it. Uh, you, you take the powder, you mix it with water, Ugh. stir, and it will taste just like regular beer. Powdered beer. Like it or spike it, Buck. I'm out. No, I'm you out. You don't drink beer anymore. No. Probably a good thing for you. I didn't really. It wasn't about the taste anyway. How about this video that's gone viral? An Amazon delivery driver. You got to give it to Amazon. These guys are. How often do they come to your house these days? Like every day? Twice a day. Twice a day. Yep. Seems like it. Amazon delivery. I showed up at a residence and there was an active police SWAT standoff. Oh no! What do I do? I have to deliver this package. I got to get the package in there. <laughs> yeah. And so he tried to go to the door and they stopped him. And so he gave the uh, the video shows him giving the package to the to the officer. Here, you give this to them. <laughs> then do what do he do? Put it in his car. I don't know. Take off. I don't know. There's a SWAT standoff, and this guy's like, "Hey, I'm going in. Got to get that package delivered. Give me that package." That says beer Kool Aid. Could be. Hey, so uh, also, uh, you know, there are Disney fans, Disney theme park fans, and then there are crazy people. 38 year old Nathan Fire Sheets. Real name: Nathan Fire Sheets. Just went to all 12 Disney theme parks in the world in 12 days and rode every one of the 216 rides. It's good to have money. Yeah. So he started at Disneyland Paris March 8th, went to Walt Disney Studios Park on the 9th, also in Paris. Then he flew immediately to China, Shanghai Disneyland on the 10th, Hong Kong Disneyland on the 11th, then to Japan for the Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Sea on the 13th. Then from there, he flew to California for Disneyland on the 14th, then Disney California Adventure on the 15th, then to the Walt Disney World in Florida with the Epcot on the 16th, the Animal Kingdom on the 17th. Way too many kids around for me. Yeah. Sounds like my worst nightmare. I know. There's not one thing that sounds good about that Mm -mm. to me. Travel, theme parks. Goofy. Goofy. Yeah. Is this just one singular man? Yeah. Nathan Fire Sheets. Come on, Fire Sheets. What are you up to? (laughs) You can watch it. He documented the whole thing on his YouTube page. 
It's called the Disney Global Ride Challenge. He pulled it off. Yeah, you're right. How much do you think that cost? Total price tag. Oh. <laughs> lot. Seems like the guy that's dressing up in his house alone. Kind of. <laughs> dressing up as what? Mickey Mouse. Oh, <laughs> no. Running around the house at the yeah. windows acting like Mickey Mouse. Yes. Yeah. Well, he Good wrote job. A, he didn't just go. He wrote all 216 rides. Oh, my goodness. And now you know. Let's go to your Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. Good morning, Blitz, brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. Here we go. First Blitzer, you're up. All right. Next Blitzer, what's up, man? Coach, hey, um, did he just report that Nathan is a pedophile? That's why he's visiting all these children places? <laughs> no. No, Nathan fire sheets. Oh, old Nathan. Fire sheets. With his camera, huh? Next Blitzer, you're up. That was it? That was it? That was one of the best Blitzers of the week. Let's go! You guys are weak. We had a few people call and just hang up, so. What's wrong with y'all? We having phone issues again, T.Y. in there? What's going on? But uh, We thank you, though. This guy says, guaranteed that fella has a fleshlight. See? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I do notice he went alone to all the alone. parks. Alone. I don't know. Somebody that knows. What do you think that costs? All the flights, all the travel between airports and theme parks, the theme park itself. 30 grand. Think so? Yeah, with the hotels and everything and the flights. More yeah. than that. It's got to be. I mean, think how much an international flight costs. Yeah, and he's flying from Paris to Japan. Oh, no, he's China, China, Japan, back to China, the U.S. Bangkok, oh. Tokyo, Tokyo, Bangkok, California, California, Florida. This guy's definitely a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, put him on a list of some kind. Yes, we'll be back when we do. We're going to talk uh, a lot of things with our friend John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. Now he's with Gallery Sports to let us know what that's all about, covering Houston sports. We'll talk Houston Cougars and the possible matchup with Texas. We'll talk about the Texans with the second pick and their draft plans coming up. Uh, also, the Astros, Jose Altuve out two months before he can even pick up a baseball. We'll talk to John McClain coming up. Also, Rodney Rodriguez, our racing expert, will preview the big NASCAR race in weekend at Coda.